today I'm going to read to you from Psalms 90, verses 12 to 17. Teach us to number our days so that we may truly live and achieve wisdom. How long will we wait here alone? Return, O Eternal One, with mercy. Rescue your servants with compassion. With every sun's rising, surprise us with your love. Satisfy us with your kindness. Then we will sing with joy and celebrate every day we are alive. You have spent many days afflicting us with pain and sorrow. Now match those years with a now match those with years of unspent joy. Let your work of love be on display for all your servants. Let your children see your majesty. And then let the beauty and grace of the Lord, our God, rest upon us. And yes, bring success to all we do. Bring success to all we do. Toward the Lord. All right, so the directive, the mission directive we're talking about today, and I, I'm honored and excited to be talking about this one. Uh, I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but like if I had a favorite, it would be mission. Um, but our mission uh, directive states that we believe being formed in the image of God means being a reflection of Jesus, even if imperfectly, to the people around us. We are committed to promoting the values of the kingdom of God, justice, equality, mercy, and grace, and furthermore, we honor, respect, and partner with other organizations that may be different from us in order to serve the community. So let's just start with this thought. Our values, both our personal and corporate values, are revealed by how we choose to invest our time and our resources. Right? Brene, you're going to hear from me every time I talk a quote from Brene. Brene talks about these values, right? She talks about a values gap between our practiced values and our aspired for values. And she said the goal of wholeness, right, is to close the gap. And I think if we're honest, the church aspires for a lot of really great things. But there's often a gap in how we practice that, and how we close that gap, right? So... Uh, I think it's important we just start with that kind of place of confession, that we will always fall short of, of those aspired for goals, but we will keep working towards them collectively and personally. So the good news of the gospel is that Jesus seeks to make our world whole in every aspect of the term. As he says in Revelations 21, 5, I am making all things new. And think about that, that statement, I am making all things new. That implies a constant making of things new. Not a one-time event, not a static uh, period of time, that it is a constant, ongoing process, right? Um, and I think that that's beautiful because that plays out over history. When we as Christians talk about mission, what we should be talking about is the pursuit of restoration. And this restoration is threefold. First, we seek to restore relationships between God and humanity. Second, we seek to restore relationships between humans. And third, we seek to restore our relationship between humans and our earth. Between God and humanity, which is personal and corporate, uh, a part of God's mission is to remind us of our inherent worth and that we have a divine nature as children of God. 
as beloved and created in the image of God. And that nothing we have done, are currently doing, or will ever do can truly ever separate us from the love of God. In relationships between humans, those of us who did not understand or grow up or learn that the Imago Dei exists in each and every one of us, our value becomes attached to what we do and what people think of us. And we engage in maladaptive behaviors to compensate or to overcompensate for the lack of that understanding of the Imago Dei. We typically call that sinful behavior, right, in using church language. And we engage in all kinds of behaviors to give us that sense of purpose and meaning and value and worth. We're forced to engage in maladaptive behaviors to compensate for our lack of understanding or lack of belief in our inherent value. As a result, those behaviors often cause harm to others. So God created a pathway to restoring human relationships. But then also, there's this restoration that needs to occur between humans and Earth. Our behaviors also have a long-lasting impact on our world. Capitalism, for example, the pursuit of wealth, i.e., where I gain my value and importance, has human collateral damage. But I want you to know that God is working to restore all things, to, re- to make things new. So mission, for a long time, was understood as being derived from the very nature of God. It was thus put in the context of the doctrine of the Trinity. That mission isn't something we do. It is a characteristic of who God is. God is mission. God doesn't do mission. God is mission. There is church because there is mission, not vice versa. The church is the agent of God's mission. And to participate in mission is to participate in the movement of God's love towards people since God is love. It is by this love expressed through the church that people will be drawn back into a restored relationship with God, with each other, and with the earth. But there are scriptures that reveal how God feels when the church does not participate in the mission day, missio day, which is mission of God. So here's an example from the prophet of Isaiah. Uh, for the sake of transparency, I am woefully pulling this passage out of context. There's a lot of context there, all right? But it does illustrate God's attitude towards faith communities who are not participating in the Missio Dei. Isaiah 1, verses uh, 10. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people from Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me? I have more than enough burnt offerings of ram and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing me meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Who's God? I'm going to do with people, right? Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. 
when you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. So wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight and stop doing wrong. Learn to do right and seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widows. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I grew up in a church growth movement, right, that was supposed to be seeker-friendly, and we were, it was all about just making Christianity appeal uh, to people who maybe uh, carry some baggage or maybe don't even really know much about it. Um, and I, I look back at a lot of that today, and I call that diet Christianity, right? The, the intent was to make it palatable, and it ended up becoming something more like moralistic, therapeutic deism than it actually did the way of Jesus, right? Because that was being peddled as a salve to make us all feel better about ourselves. The scriptures are hard, though. The scriptures call on the people who claim to follow the way of Jesus to act and to do. The restoration of all things is already in motion, and it can't be stopped. So the question is whether we are taking part in this movement or not. Just look at the book of Acts. This small group of people who didn't even know they would be later called church, that term, the term didn't exist for that gathering of people at the time, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread together and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. And they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily. Then Christ, or it was him uh, that is here spoken of as uh, the Lord, adding numbers daily, the living, ascended Christ was present in and working with that little community of believing souls. You will find that the thought of a present Savior, who is the lifeblood of the church on earth, and the spring of action for all good that is done in and by it, runs through the whole of this book of the Acts of the Apostles. So fast forward to today. We are the living embodiment of that same small community that later came, became known as the church. So we were on mission simply because we are the image bearers of God, and mission is a part of the nature of God. I want to say a prayer for us with that idea in mind, the missio day in mind. And I'm going, to, I'm going to read this slowly, I'm going to read it methodically, and I would just encourage you to just sit and just listen and pay attention to what comes to your mind as I walk through this prayer with you, right?
follow uh, whatever emotions are stirred up. Lean into those, right? And pay attention to where you might feel some your spirit pushing back. But I really believe this prayer captures um, the essence of the mission directive, uh, heart of Imago, and the heart of God. We pray for young people who put chocolate fingers everywhere, who like to be tickled, who stomp in puddles and ruin their new pants, who ask for $20 before they leave with their friends, who erase holes in their math workbooks, and who never put away their shoes. And we pray for those who dodge bullets on their way home from school, who live in the rain and snow-soaked streets and can't afford new shoes, who choose to carry a gun as their only means of security, who are born in places that none of us would be caught dead in, who are afraid to shop or drive because of the color of their skin. And we pray for bodies which are assaulted by those sworn to protect them and those who live in an X-rated world. We pray for people who give out of their poverty, who give free hugs indiscriminately, who also fly a sign as their only means of getting a few dollars to eat. And we pray for those who never get dessert after their meal, who've never had a safe place or safe relationships. We pray for those who can't find any bread to steal, who don't have any rooms or any homes to clean up, and whose pictures aren't on anybody's phones, and whose monsters are real. We pray for the people who spend all of their link before the end of the month and pick up cigarettes from dirty ashtrays and dirty trash cans. Who have no one home waiting up for them to get home. Who think they're far too old to be hugged goodbye. Who squirm when anything religious is mentioned. And whose tears we sometimes laugh at and whose smiles can make us cry. And we pray for those whose nightmares come in the daytime, who will eat anything, who have never seen a dentist, who are never spoiled by anyone, and who don't have anyone they feel safe enough to come out to. For those who have called 911 for an overdosing parent, spouse, or friend, and for those who go to bed hungry and cry themselves to sleep, who live and move but have no being. We pray for people who want to be carried and for those who must. For those we never give up on and for those who never got a second chance. For those we smother and spoil and for those who will grab the hand of anybody kind enough to offer it. We pray for your people, Lord. Amen? That's the mission, right? That's the mission. That, that, that is on God's heart to restore to God's self, to us, and to the earth. And yeah, there are personal relationship issues that we can all work out, figuring out how to, you know, mend those kinds of things. But there are larger issues that need fixed and restored that cause harm to people that God cares about as well. Systemic and structural issues, right? All of these things need God's people involved because we are the agents of God's mission.
of God, who is mission. And I have seen beautiful things through the local church. Um, I've seen beautiful things here through Imago. I've seen beautiful things through some of what we would consider some of the worst churches around, right? Uh, I got to tell you, one of my, my, my most recent favorite things that's happening is there is a small dying church in Pekin right now that consists, I think the average age is 70 and up, and there's about 10 people left in the congregation. That's it, right? We got a call one day over at Jolt for delivery of harm reduction supplies. Those clean, sterile syringes, some fentanyl test strips, some Narcan, the things that people need to stay safe if they're using illicit substances. And they gave us an address, 1601 Market Street. Said, just drop it off on the front porch. So I had Keishi, who was here with me a few weeks ago. She delivered that to Pekin, and she dropped it off on the front porch. There was nobody there. A week later, I got a phone call from a pastor, an older woman, uh, from this congregation that is right next door to this house and said, so I was doing some cleanup on one of our houses that we own, right? She says, and I found this bag of stuff and it's got needles in it and it's got water and some other stuff and some weird things and I found your card. It had a bunch of condoms in it too. She said with a little bit of disdain, she's like, condoms, you know? And uh, uh, I, she found our card. She calls and says, yeah, yeah, that's ours. She's like, why would you drop that on my front porch? I was like, well, is it your house? She's like, no, it's the parish. You know, you know, we've got this house. So, but it just sits empty. Sometimes we let people sleep on the porch. Well, clearly one of the individuals that was sleeping on the porch uh, struggles with substance use, and we were providing resources to help them. And she's like, well, I'm fascinated by this. Tell me more. So I started talking about what we do and why we do it, all the public health strategies right behind all of it, and all the things uh, that she wanted to hear. And she says, wow, that sounds an awful lot like Jesus. Right, that's not usually the response I get from church people, right? Um, she said, I'd like to come over and see what, she, what you guys are all about. So she came over, and she met with me, and she learned more about the history of Jolt and the mission of Jolt and, and stuff like that. Uh, and then she, uh, she says, well, do you ever have a need for a place over in Pekin? I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's like the meth capital of the world. Of course we do. Who's from Pekin? All right, you know that, right? Well, you know that. Okay, I'm not, I'm not just slamming it. There's a lot of good in Pekin, but there's a lot of meth in Pekin too, right? And she says, we have people in our, in our congregation that have died from fatal overdoses. We have people that struggle with substance use. Uh, they are just, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to help them. And it just seems like you folks do, right? And so they have given us this entire building. It's, a, it's our first satellite location, and they are just, do whatever you need to do here. Right? No, no religious agenda. Just it's yours. Do what you need to do. We're not trying to save or convert souls. Right? We're not trying to evangelize people. Just here's your space and here's some cookies and crackers and something to drink for the folks that come in here. Right? And we do things that most churches would be opposed to. Condom distribution. We talked about sexual health education and the importance of lubrication. Right? We talk about how to use drugs safely so that you are not vulnerable to an overdose. We get people linked up to care. And sometimes that care is at Planned Parenthood. Right? We're just trying to meet people where they're at. And what we have found in the meantime, while we were out on this rescue mission, is that God was already there. And we've learned more and been changed more by the work that we do than anything we bring to them. Because God is already there in them. 
And so the call for mission, the distinctive for mission, is just to align ourselves with the work that God is already doing. All right, that's it. I'm going to invite David to come up. Uh, David Hensel is going to come up, and he's going to talk with a couple of our people uh, on a panel. He's going to talk with Kyle Endress and Jay. Is Jay here? Jay, come on up. Um, so my name is David Hensel. Uh, I'm part of the formation team here at Imago. And uh, in talking about this, this series that we're doing um, on the directives, we, we decided that it'd be really cool to invite some people up uh, to, to talk about the, the directives and you know, what they've meant to those individuals. Uh, whether you've been here for 10 years or 10 months, you know, it's, it's cool to just hear a variety of voices and, and perspectives on uh, these things that have been, you know, very central and important to our church. So uh, we invited Kyle and Jay, and they graciously agreed. So uh, I'm just going to ask them a, a few questions about uh, this specific directive about mission this morning, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So. Uh, I, I know we've all heard it a bunch of times, but since we'll be talking about it, I'll just read it one more time to, to start us off. Uh, mission directive, we believe being formed in the image of God means being a reflection of Jesus, even if imperfectly to the people around us. We are committed to promoting the values of the kingdom of God, justice, equality, mercy, and grace. Furthermore, we honor, respect, and partner with other organizations that may be different than us in order to serve the community. Uh, so, Kyle, I guess I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, what does that directive mean to you? Okay, so when I hear that directive, uh, the thing that stands out to me is, is being a reflection of Jesus. So um, I like a few things about Jesus, and, and one of the big ones is that he went out. He didn't hunker down amongst his followers. Uh, he knew the risks, and he went out anyway. Uh, so when I, when I read this directive... Um, what I hear is go out and do. It would be so easy to just focus on this body and the needs that we have within it, um, but I really think that we're meant to go out and do more. So it's what we do. Yeah, being that reflection of Jesus into the community, that's good. Jay, what about for you? What does this directive mean to you? Well, uh, I, I feel kind of disadvantaged being asked second, but because, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very much the same, but, uh, you know, when I was a kid and like, you know, going to Catholic mass and things like that, you would hear about uh, Jesus hanging out with some questionable people and, or how, what society would now deem as questionable people. I'm sure their society did too. Uh, and I always thought it was kind of weird growing up as a kid that like Jesus could hang out with those people, but you can't, you, you shouldn't hang out with those people. And so, um, you know, it, it's seeking the, the divinity, I think, in all of us when we go out and we try to find those who have been left behind by society. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I love that disconnection from beliefs. We don't, we don't have to believe the same, but we can go and do, you know, for, for the sake of the gospel. So, love that. Um, so, it sounds like you want to go first on the second question. So, <laughs> well, I, I will kick that one over to you. I'll, I'll go whatever order you want me to. <laughs> All good. Um, so, how, Jay, have you seen this directive lived out at Imago during your time here? Uh, I would definitely say through uh, our breakfast club uh, that we did be, uh, pre-pandemic. And during the pandemic, the ones that are uh, we, the, what we can do uh, during this time. Um, but 
my personal life was changed uh, through Breakfast Club because I met so many different people and I became known by so many different people as someone from Imago, as a representative of this church, as someone that they could trust and as someone that they could go to if they needed help. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and uh, all of a sudden I didn't see those people anymore for a long time. And uh, But now I'm uh, volunteering with Chris and uh, I'm hopefully going to be doing uh, some weekend outreach here pretty soon with Jolt. So if you're wanting to join that, please email me. My email is j-o-n-m-r-u-d-d at gmail.com. Um, but yes, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm so excited to get back into that uh, because that is what mission is to me, is finding a way to help people. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah, I know that, that was influential for me too, just kind of changing my mindset, specifically Breakfast Club, just changing yeah. my mindset about uh, what what mission meant. So I won't say too much so that Kyle has a chance to answer the same question. Okay, I'm well, gonna look at these people instead of you guys because it feels weird just... Sure. <laughs> Sounds good. You're also involved in this. Uh, <laughs> so this is gonna just sound like one big advertisement for Breakfast Club, apparently. <laughs> Um, so before I ever found Imago, I actually found Breakfast Club. Um, a friend of mine started dating a girl. He was like, hey, she's making me do this thing that's going to be uncomfortable. Come with me. And I was like, all right, back a brother up. So I did. Um, and it, it turned into uh, an incredible experience for me. And then I learned that the way Breakfast Club started, at least this is the way that the story was told to me, um, is that there was an Imagoan out on the riverfront or somewhere and ended up speaking with um, some folks who were experiencing homelessness. And uh, this person found out that uh, if you were in need of a meal, you could find one anytime except Sunday mornings. And so this Imagoan was like, let's address that. And so uh, it started as, I think, delivering sandwiches. And then it turned into this whole community meal. You know, like people came here every Sunday morning and we gathered together and became friends. And it was uh, really formative for me. Um, I'm glad to hear the same for you. So when Imagoan saw a need and and took steps to address it and everybody else jumped on board and it's the same story with uh, what we do in Honduras. Um, an Imagoan or two uh, ended up in the mountains of Honduras and saw this community that had been displaced. Um, they were living in you know these cobbled together shacks uh, that weren't sustainable, right? They fall down because they're just rickety and they're raising families in, in these shacks. So they said, hey, let's go and build houses. And so uh, a bunch of Amaguans jumped on board and we went and did exactly that. So I love that this community sees need and just runs towards it. Like we don't, it's so easy to say, oh, there's a lot of people out there that can do this. Let them take care of it. And we, we do it. Sorry, I can't, I can't say things about Honduras without crying in front of you. It's, <laughs> it's what I do. Yeah, and you're very much included in that. We, I, I thought it was ironic that, you know, we want to get people up here who've been very much a part of mission to talk about mission, and we're asking them, how do you see this everywhere else? Well, I've very much seen that in, in Kyle, and um, so I'm, I'm going to throw the last question to you, Kyle. Uh, how would you like to see this mission directive lived out in the future at Imago? 
So I'm not a thinker or a planner or somebody who uh, really looks towards the future. I'm a worker bee. Um, so I don't have a big vision for our future, but um, I have two hopes. So one, uh, what I saw when the world threw us a curveball uh, and, and made gathering uh, dangerous, uh, we didn't throw up our hands and give up. Um, we adapted. So Breakfast Club uh, isn't the Breakfast Club that I used to know. Instead of bringing the community here to serve them, we, we I don't, but there are folks here who go out into the community and deliver much needed supplies and food and continue to engage with that community. And when we realized it was too dangerous to go back to Honduras and build uh, homes ourselves, we poured uh, our money and resources into hiring um, local masons who will continue to build the houses because they're so needed. And we're gonna set up um, a Skype or a Zoom or, or whatever to talk to the people who you know, we're, we're helping to build homes for. Um, so I love that we have people in this community that continue to innovate. We don't see a problem and go, well, we're done here. We find ways to continue doing what we do. Um, I feel like I had a second hope. I don't remember what it was at this point. And I've talked long enough. Go ahead. If you remember, we can come back to you. But uh, Jay, what, what, what's your thoughts and what, what would you like to see in the future at Amago around mission? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not that far off from what Kyle was saying. Uh, I mean, my biggest hope is that someday we do get to do uh, Breakfast Club the way we did it before, as well as all the other ways that we are expanding and figuring things out. Because just because, you know, uh, the world is the way it is right now uh, doesn't mean that we should ever stop, but also we shouldn't stop hoping that it will get better at some point. Uh, so wear your masks, get vaccinated. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I just, uh, oh, man, now I'm, I'm stuttering and I've lost my train of thought, so I'm rambling. But I, I just, you know, I, I want to see those faces without masks again. I want to eat those, you know, uh, eggs and uh, sausages and uh, biscuits and gravy, like, Every Saturday or Sunday morning, I mean, it was a, a good, yeah. a good constant to have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I want to drive the trucks again. I want to, I want to do the things that helped people, and yeah. So that that's about it. That's awesome. No, I really <laughs> appreciate hearing you guys' thoughts on that, and just those directives that have been, I know, so so important for me. Not because they're perfect words, but uh, but that people came together a while ago and, and thought about them and, and cared to put them down on paper and build a church around them. And that this place, this community has been so important to me and certainly these ideas have been infused into my life uh, since being here. So, so thanks again.